the hurricane is coming. You can feel it in the air. Anxiety starts to build. Pressure mounts. What is your plan of action? How will you navigate the storm? That's how it feels when you encounter a challenging supply chain crosswind. You seek to find the eye of the hurricane. That is where we live. Dunavent. Logistically speaking, we're at the center of it all. With more than 60 years of experience in logistics innovation, Dunavent is a family-owned business that has the knowledge to ensure global and domestic shipping practices are efficient and effective. Dunavent generates supply chain proficiency with outstanding, attentive, and expedient customer service. For more information, visit Dunavent.com. Tuesday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Great Quarter Gals. This is the show where we marry female leadership and freight, freight tech, and all the exciting things that are going on in our industry. I'm your host, Kaylee Nix, here with Gray Sharkey, and it looks like I've been driving all day. Major apologies, because I have been. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where are you right now? I keep seeing you all over uh, the South, really. Uh, Where are you headed today and where are you headed tomorrow? So I'm still in the great state of Tennessee, but on literally the opposite side of where we usually sit in Freight Alley in Chattanooga, right? So I left Birmingham, Alabama this morning, took about a four-hour drive to get myself all the way here to Memphis, hanging out in East Memphis right now because this is the next step on our road trip to Northwest Arkansas, road trip to the future of supply chain. So that's really, really exciting. And Grace, I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about it. Yeah. Uh, who exactly have you been seeing? I saw, I think it was Repower two days ago. And then my favorite application in the whole world shipped today. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So we kicked off the road trip in Chattanooga, fitting, of course, at home with us in Freight Alley, about four blocks actually just down the street from for the Freight Waves head office uh, with the folks at Repower. And Repower is this freight tech platform that allows for asset sharing around companies, which is something that I think is really underutilized in the industry when it comes to, you know, sustainability goals and really just kind of saving costs overall, specifically for those small to mid-sized groups. So we got some really good information about them and kind of their goals, what they're looking at for the near and the far future. And then this morning, we got to sit down with Rena Hurst, who's the chief business officer, as you mentioned, at Shift. And Rena got an interview, if you missed it on Freight Waves Now this morning, that interview went for 24 minutes. So I basically did an entire episode of Great Waves Now with Rena, right? Like I sat there and we just had this incredible conversation about the rise in e-commerce, the growth of Shift, how Shift is really all about, starts with their Shift shopper, and then it looks at the consumer. And that was just, it was absolutely fabulous. I think now they're kind of probably becoming one of my favorite applications too. And I don't even use them. (laughs) You know, funny thing is I was actually talking with Repower's uh, executives, a couple of their executives while that interview was airing. And so we are just all over them this week. And then Shift is my absolute favorite grocery shopping app that I use. So for me, as a consumer, I actually really love that interview and seeing how they set up their application and their network in order to to really pull that that customer commitment off, especially when they're talking about, you know, 
other things that aren't just big retail and grocery chains, right? Being able to have like different meat shops and stuff like that. So everyone uh, listening to this or watching this podcast, go and check out the segments that Kaylee's been filming because I think they're just absolutely incredible. And uh, who do you have coming up uh, later this week? So tomorrow we're actually going to be sitting down and speaking with the sponsor of our show, Donovan. So that's why we're here in Memphis. We're going to hang out with them for a little bit. And we're also trying to get in a little bit with the Memphis World Trade Council, trying to get in with them and see if they want to link up and maybe have a little chat. And then we head to Little Rock tomorrow afternoon as well to hang out with XPO on Thursday morning. So exciting stuff from XPO that's coming up here in the near future as well. And, you know, Spoiler alert, we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about that today as well, because our guest today is from XPO and Phoenix and Logistics, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and so we'll be there, and then we hit Rogers to meet with J.P. Hunt on Friday morning, and then I'll be there all the way through the kickoff of the Future of Supply Chain event, which is Monday morning, it starts Monday and runs Monday and Tuesday of next week, and I'm honestly, like, the excitement is palpable. I feel like all these groups that I'm talking about are asking me about the event. They're excited to see it happen. They're excited to meet with us in Rogers. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And Grace, I know that you get to be a future of supply chain. And I want to get kind of your feelings. What are you most excited about? No, I'm just, one, super excited to see everyone in the same room. I mean, for me, uh, Freightways events make me a tad bit uh, emotional because that's really uh, the Freightways event in Chicago is where where I fell in love with this company and what they're able to do for this industry. So for me, it's like a complete shocker that now I get to go and present on stage. Like that's overwhelming almost for me to even think about. And then I get to interview Gaddick, which is like one of my favorite middle mile uh, technologies out there when we talk about the autonomous space. So um, I'm just like pinching myself with excitement. Plus I've been uh, messaging Blythe, Rumley and and Cassandra and a lot of our other amazing reporters and content providers. And they're all getting excited to to come and, and create a bunch of really great content with everyone there in one place. So um, I I almost like, I just want to someday to get here. I want to get on a plane, head that way and, and see that part of the country and be around all of my freight friends. So uh, everyone, yeah, head to live.freightways.com, register for the event, start getting uh, your tickets and heading that way because this is one that you're not going to want to miss. And yeah, just like you said, Kaylee, uh, speaking of XBO, we actually have a really great uh, woman in, in technology and woman in uh, transportation joining us today. It's Megan Fitzsimmons. She's actually the first uh, chief compliance officer for GXO, XBO spinoff. We'll have her dive into that here in a second. And their chief of ESG as well. Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm happy to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, this is perfect. It's uh, We've had some great leadership already from XBO, and I'm really excited to see what the spinoff is up to. And for some of our listeners, I think they're still trying to understand exactly what the point of the spinoff is, why it's important that we remove these two elements of the XBO family from each other. Could you dive into a little bit more of why it was important for GXO to create its own entity um, to focus on, it almost feels like the future of what supply chain is going to be. Yeah, I think so. So following the spin, GXO, which was born on August 2nd, is the world's largest pure play contract logistics provider. And I think the way to conceptualize that is 
is the primary thing that we do is focus within the four walls of the warehouse. So it's everything from packaging outbound shipments to managing returns to doing additional additional value-added services within the warehouses, such as repairs or kitting or personalization in some cases. Uh, so that's really our focus. We have over 900 locations around the world. We have over 100,000 team members. And our customers are some of the world's biggest companies, really huge, you know, the Fortune 100 companies across a variety of industries and verticals, including fashion, food and beverage, industrials, technologies, and e-commerce. Uh, and I really do think, you know, it is the future. It's a very exciting time to be in this industry. Yeah. Oh, go for it, Kaylee. <laughs> Oh, well, the one thing I was going to say is, oh, you're so, you're good. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Uh, the one thing I was going to say when talking about the future, it almost feels like the area that can be optimized the most, right? That has like the most um, area in regard of like investment and change and opportunity when improving and making sure that at the end of the day, goods are getting to the end consumer when they can. And so that's what I, I personally am super excited about. And, and ESG and compliance is such an interesting uh, the togetherness of titles. Uh, can you explain what exactly ESG means to GXO as a company and what principles that you've recently come out with with your first ESG report, uh, which is, first of all, incredible, just started in August, already having this report out. Um, what is the, the big principles that you're hoping to, to live by during this? So the way that, that I describe ESG and really my whole role in terms of ESG and compliance together, we at GXO really see that as our how. So we're very focused on the what, uh, we're very focused on delivering results, but we're equally focused on how we deliver those results. Uh, and that's really what ESG embodies. We deliver those results in keeping with our values, which are so to be safe, to be inclusive, to make an impact. We do it with a focus on our people and our partners and our planet. And we want to make sure we're doing it in a way that's ethical, responsible, and sustainable. Uh, and that's really everything that, that ESG encompasses. And, and as you said, we're, we're very proud. We released our first ESG report last week. Uh, I encourage everyone to go to our gxo.com slash ESG and check it out. We also have an adorable little animated video uh, that goes along with it that gives a little bit of a look inside uh, the ESG warehouse of the future, um, as well as some more some more information there. But it's really, you know, we're we're starting the journey. We're a new organization, as you said, but but we're starting it strong because it, it really is a focus. It's a focus for us as a company. Uh, it's a focus for our employees, and it's a focus for our stakeholders. You know, I will say of all the ESG reports I have seen, this one seemed. Uh, very transparent and what goals that you want to achieve and all the areas that you could focus on and what you decide as a company to really highlight. If we could bring up their matrix really quick. This was really interesting to me. I'm, I'm interested in how you came up with this ranking of importance. Was it a conversation with stakeholders? Was it with shippers, carriers? How exactly did you go about ranking these and then starting to attack them one-on-one. One on one. <clears throat> so, so this was a very robust process that we went through with the help of some external consultants. It's in keeping with various ESG frameworks, including GRI, a SASB, and TCFD. And what we did was we went out and we conducted interviews. We conducted interviews with a mix of internal and external stakeholders, as well as um, did an online survey process. And this included everyone from board members to corporate executives, uh, to people working on site at our 900 sites around the world, to customers, to investors, 
Uh, it included an in-depth review and benchmarking of documents that are out there. Uh, what is everything that's really important to all of our stakeholders? And then we took all that information, uh, and there was some variety, and you'll see in our report, in terms of, of each group of stakeholders, what was sort of most important to them. But these were the key issues that we identified through that process as being most important. And this graph shows how they were ranked by our various stakeholders. And all of these issues are important to GXO, and these are all issues on which we're, we're working and we have initiatives. Uh, but really what we wanted to do is make sure we were prioritizing the issues where GXO could have the most impact over the next few years. Uh, it's an ongoing process. We're always focused on continuous improvement. And so we'll continue to reassess. But this is where our stakeholders have told us we should focus our most efforts of where we can have the most impact in the short term. Awesome. So Megan, I'm interested, of course, in those two really high placed ones, the carbon greenhouse gas emissions and then the diversity and inclusion initiatives, which I feel like when people think ESG initiatives, those are the two that stick out most in people's minds. Why do you think that stakeholders care so much about specifically those two things? And do you kind of think that they're almost like umbrella terms for main types of goals like this? So I think on one hand, it's the right thing to do, right? I think it's an important focus. And I think that's one of the reasons that stakeholders care. And that's one of the reasons that we care. I also think they're highly visible issues. And I think they're issues where people feel very personally, right? There's a real professional impact here as well as a real personal one. We're very focused on being an employer of choice. We're very focused on being a company that employees want to work for and that customers want to work with. And because of our unique relationship with our customers, each of our sites is really highly customized to them. It's very much a partnership with our customer. And we work with them on also helping them attain, attain their own ESG goals. Uh, so it's really a focus, of, think, across all industries and a focus for us to make sure we're creating that environment in that space where we're doing right by our people and by the planet at large. And I think the emissions and diversity, inclusion, and belonging are areas where people feel very strongly. And I think that's I think that's correct. I feel the same way. You brought up goals earlier and being able to put values behind each of these areas and make sure that you're meeting actual attainable goals that make a difference in both of those spaces. What type of goals have you set for GXO in those two areas and in, in the uh, carbon emissions and then the inclusion aspect? And have you hit any of those milestones already? Yeah, good question. So in the in the E space, in the emission space, uh, we came out right before the spin with five environmental goals that are ambitious environmental goals related to LED coverage, related to emissions reductions, related to carbon neutrality, um, and landfill diversion. And we're actually making really great progress against those goals. And we are, as you said, we're very transparent. We include that information in our ESG report. Uh, we are we are effectively there in terms of landfill diversion. We our goal was 80% landfill diversion by 2025. And we're already at 79%. Uh, so obviously looking to continue. Um, we're about halfway there for our goal for LED penetration across our facilities. Um, and then we're on track. We're making good progress for our other goals, which are, are set to 2030 and 2040. Uh, and we have detailed roadmaps in place that we're working to implement, again, around the world to make sure we get there. With respect to diversity, inclusion, and belonging, uh, GXO hired our first ever vice president of diversity, inclusion, and belonging, Letitia King-James. We brought her on in the fall. And she's been very hard at work uh, across all of her stakeholders, uh, developing a really impressive belonging network, a diversity, inclusion, belonging plan, 
some of which is already launched, some of which we're excited we'll be launching later this year. Uh, and so we will continue to share sort of more detailed goals around all of those aspects, but we are well on our way um, for those key areas. So Megan, you spent a ton of your career in compliance and in this compliance space. And I think that it can almost be kind of difficult to be in your role, right? Because you're making the rules, you're setting the rules, and it's it's hard to be in that spot, you know, to always constantly be the rule maker. How do you consistently set these goals and these rules and these compliance standards that are fair and that are equitable, but that still want people, still get people to take action on them? It's a great question. And I think for many people, compliance can be a bit of a scary word, right? It, it sort of <laughs> conjures up, I think, the feeling of getting called into the principal's office a little bit and it can make people a little bit nervous. You know, I am of the mindset always that you do catch more flies with honey rather than with vinegar. So so I am really focused on collaborating and partnering with the business. As I said, my job is and always has been to focus on the how. But in order to do that, I have to make sure I'm also focused on the why and communicating that why to the business. So this is why this matters. This is why it's important. Here's some of the risks and rewards that are involved in, in this is not just we're making a rule and we're pushing it out because I'm a lawyer and I, I'm a lawyer and I love rules. Here are the reasons why we have these rules, right? And having conversations to make sure that that those parameters, those goals, those, those rules, all the governance structures are appropriate for the business. The compliance in the ESU program that's right for GXO today is not going to be right for a different company today, is not going to be right necessarily for GXO in the future. It all goes to that, that continuous improvement and making sure we're always assessing what is working for the needs and the risks of the business. And so for me, I really enjoy having that relationship within my organization. I used to work at a law firm where I did this externally, and that's a different relationship. I like being part of the business. I like to travel and sit down with people and understand what are the concerns, what are the risks, what are the needs to make sure that we're really meeting them where they are and communicating to the business and really engaging the business in the program and in the corporate governance structure. I love that. It's really about finding the businesses, what's your why, right? And I guess the best part about this podcast is we get to really humanize the, the leaders that are making such great change. And for yourself, is what is your why? Why is it important for you to take on this role and 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 be one of the first leaders in the in the industry to be a an ESG officer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really exciting space. I think there's there's so much opportunity, not just within this industry, but within ESG more broadly, to help be a leader. You know, to to do, to be part of creating some industry leading standards, not just for our business, but to partner with our customers to work on things like that. We give some examples within our report of really exciting things that we're doing. You know, we have bee colonies at some of our sites to increase biodiversity. At some of our customers, we have not only zero landfill sites, but where we work to grind up waste and repurpose them to be playground flooring. Uh, there are really, it's so exciting and there are so many opportunities, uh, not only to do right by, you know, our company and our employees and our, our stakeholders and investors, but to really do the right thing for the for the world at large and, and for the planet. And I think that's what's so exciting. And it's an area where I think more and more employees are focused and they want to work with companies that care about this. And so I'm really proud to get to be a part of it. That's amazing. Right now is the biggest opportunity for leadership overall in the space, not even necessarily in the ESG space and compliance space, but kind of just overall. What do you think that executives in the freight transportation industry have a really big opportunity to capitalize on and how can they take either lessons 
by looking at you and the standards that you set at GXO with compliance and ESG, take those lessons and put them forth into their own business practices? A great question. I think this has maybe historically been a space that's been a little bit less visible. Uh, it's a lot of what works behind the scenes, right? You want to sort of like your hot water heater, you want to turn it on and have the water be hot, but you don't necessarily think about everything that goes into it. And I think with all of the focus on supply chain, especially over the past few years, it's a really good opportunity to draw a little bit more attention to here's what happens behind the scenes, right? Here's what goes on, for example, within the four walls of that warehouse. And here's how when you click that button online, the whole journey of your product to your house and then, you know, over a third of goods get returned. As those goods get returned, uh, how do they get repurposed? How do they get back in the hands of the consumer? How do we minimize waste? I think it's a really interesting opportunity for the average consumer to start thinking about those things and learning everything that goes into what we do, everything that goes into outsourcing and logistics generally, uh, and then all of the opportunities that are there, right? To the earlier discussion, I think this is the future, and we all have a role to play in terms of shaping where that goes. And speaking of that, you know, the reason Great Quarter Gals is here is because we wanted to open up a space where women could ask questions and see um, female leaders in executive positions because we are seeing more women enter the space, but we are seeing them slowly take these executive roles. Uh, what advice would you give women who are, you know, love logistics, love transportation, um, but just uh, don't know how to go about getting higher up in the ranks so they can have a, a bigger impact? on organizations. What advice would you give them based on your career so far? Yes. Yeah, so I, I did spend a lot of my career in spaces where I was maybe the only woman in the room. And so I, I recognize that that can absolutely be intimidating. But I, I think it does help to, to find role models and to find people in that space who can support you. We have created here a company-wide network and a belonging group where we're focusing on uh, nurturing female talent within the organization. We've doubled uh, our female employees at the VP and above level within the past couple of years. I think more and more companies are starting to recognize the, the vital importance of diversity and having that diversity of experience and voices within the room. Um, so I, I think it it helps to have those networks. It helps that if an organization has that infrastructure um, and also has female leaders who are committed uh, to mentoring people within that space, which I think is vitally important. You know, I've been lucky throughout my career to work with so many amazing female leaders that I've learned so much from, both personally and professionally. And I think having that those those informal and formal networks are incredibly important. Definitely. I love that we ended on that point because it's, it's something that obviously me and Grace are both super passionate about, which is why we put the show together in the first place. So Megan, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to get a look at the XPO facility that I'll be headed to in Little Rock on Thursday. If people want to reach out to you and learn a little bit more about what you guys are doing at GXO, where can they go to do that? So they can go to gxo.com slash ESG and they can see our first report, uh, watch this great video and get more information there. Uh, people can also always contact us directly at ESG, um, ESG at gxo.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the show. And we'll have to have you on again uh, later in the year and see how everything is going. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Oh, boy, Kaylee, this is so much fun. It's getting me even more excited for the future of supply chain, right? We're going to see so many different leaders in, in this one location. And uh, just like you said, you get to go visit now. I, I speak out uh, here shortly. It's what a small, wonderful world it is this week. <laughs> I absolutely love that. A small, wonderful world in this massive industry of 
transportation and logistics in Grace. So we've got, we will have a live show for Great Quarter Gals at the Future of Supply Chain that's going to be on the Freight Waves TV stage. And if you haven't checked out the agenda yet, we've got it kind of split into two pieces. We'll have the main stage, which myself and Sydney Edwards will be seeing at, and then we'll have the Freight Waves TV stage where we'll be doing all of our live content that you would typically see on Freight Waves TV during the week. So you can split both of that. If you absolutely don't want to miss your daily Freight Waves now, boom, you've got it on the Freight Waves TV stage. If you want to see Zach and Anthony cut it up laughing about economics in real life, Boom, Freight Waves TV stage. If you want to check out some of our incredible keynote speakers, including Governor Austin Hutchinson, Stuart Walton, Shelly Simpson herself, who, you know what, I still think, I hope, I'm still fingers crossed that we're getting her for Great Quarter Gals too. You can hang out at the main stage during this event on Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> I love it. Well, I will see you there. I hope to see all of you there. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you watch or listen to it. And we will talk to you all again next week. One, two, three, go! Oh.